With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. there and welcome to this your final res review of the season and it is in fact the final res review of this current format because there are big changes ahead for this show uh, but there will be a little bit more on that later on uh, now I know it's been a couple of weeks since the season finished but I wanted to let um, everything to kind of die down and, and let the emotions really settle before we sat down to to look back on what was a truly eventful season of highs and lows for Liverpool. Now, to do this, I've enlisted the help of writer Shane Clancy yeah, from Anfield Index. Where else? <laughs> Welcome along to the show, Shane. Thanks a million, Andy. Looking forward to it. Uh, good, good. Now, uh, Shane, not just writer, but uh, author as well. Uh, I'm not sure there's really a distinction between the two, but uh, you, yeah, you've got a book out, um, and I believe it's the, the, it's the team that Klopp built, and I can just about say that. Uh, I believe that's available on Kindle, is it? Yeah, it is. It's um, it's just a st- the story of last season. It's it's kind of like a diary run through of last season from a fan's perspective. Um, that uh, myself and Gags just uh, decided last year that we were gonna gonna have a go at. So I just did that in collaboration with Anfield Index. So you can uh, you can get it uh, via the links on the Anfield Index site or just on Amazon. Just uh, just search for the team the club built. Yeah, superb. And uh, yeah, as you all go out there and get it. Hey, and and who better to get on for a season review than? Uh, obviously, we're not going to ask you, you know, verbatim to uh, repeat what's in your book. You don't want to be giving it away. But um, yeah, who who better to help us look back on on this, uh, like we said, you know, really, really eventful season, a, a true season of roller coasters. But before we get into it, Shane, what we have been doing this season, um, first thing is is a little thing called meet the guest. Uh, so you know, for those who may not know you, uh, just a little bit about yourself. How how you became a Liverpool fan and, and, you know, when was that? How long have you been a fan? Um, well, from about uh, 1988, 89, um, big surprise to all listeners based on my accent. I'm, I'm Irish, um, as if they hadn't guessed. Um, I grew up in a household that was predominantly GAA-based, so there wasn't much uh, football watching in my household, but... Uh, I, I was I was terrible at GA football or hurling. I just I just couldn't play either of them. But I was pretty good at fo- uh, at soccer. <laughs> Sorry, we call it soccer in Ireland. Um, pretty good at soccer, and because of that, then I could relate more to the game. So uh, I I suppose I started 
following Liverpool from yeah from about 1988 I think it was and I like I was only eight years old at the time so there wasn't any big deep uh, deep reasoning behind it at that stage I think simply uh, they, they were playing Chelsea one day I think on Saturday live game they were losing I started watching the game and as you do you go for the underdog or the team that's behind and they came back and won and just kind of stuck from there that's all um, sadly enough I can like I can remember the, the huge events like uh, I can remember seeing Hillsborough unfold on TV I can remember uh, I can remember Arsenal then a few weeks later winning winning the league at Anfield um, and uh, which is very cruel. The following year, I actually can't remember Liverpool winning the league, which was their last league title. So I can remember the def- losing it to Arsenal in '89, but not winning it in 1990 for some strange reason. Yeah, it's a, those hot moments of heartache just kind of stay with you somehow, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're scarred for life by some of them things. I, I'm still adamant to this day. So nearly, what is it? Thirty? Is it thirty years now? Yeah, thirty years later. Yeah. I'm still adamant that Alan Smith did not touch that ball for oh, for what was an, an indirect free kick. Yeah, yeah, the first goal, yeah. And they could have went in off his nose. But, uh, <laughs> I think we should start a petition. <laughs> we should start a petition. <laughs> yeah, that's, that seems to be the trend, yeah? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> right, before we get carried away, let, let's crack on then. Um, so, first of all, we'll we'll look back through the season um before we go on to handing out our awards but just to let you know what we're going to do here is we're going to do the domestic season separately from the european run so we can look you know talk about the european run more mm-hmm. truncated to get put it more more compactly together so domestically then um looking back on the season it got off to hell of a start didn't it Oh, August was fantastic. Like, okay, we drew with Watford at the at the very start, but it was a decent performance and probably should have won, deserved to win. But um, like blowing a blowing Arsenal away, and I think it was Crystal Palace at home that same month. Palace had been uh, Palace had been our bogey team in recent years as well, you know. Um, so it was good to even get the one 0 victory against Palace, a game where Liverpool had to show patience. I think Mane only scored in the last 15 or 20 minutes or so in a 1-0 win. Um, and then after that, yeah, like beating Arsenal 4-0 at Anfield just before the international break. That was fantastic. Um, yeah, then, yeah, perfect start. Then it's like the international break just uh, just took the wind out of our sails for some reason. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we were all there. Uh... Most of the Anfield Index crew, we were all there together at Anfield for the screening of yeah. the opening day of the season when we um, when we were away that, to that Watford. Was fantastic, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it was it was a mad it was a mad mad game that I guess in many ways kind of encapsulated this Liverpool team really, didn't it? You know, yeah. moments of breathtaking football and moments of like like oh what how <laughs> yeah what <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're you're not going to be surprised if it finishes like five four or something, you know. Yeah, the joy and the fume all rolled up together. But yeah, that, that Arsenal win at the end of the month. I mean, that was something. And I guess it's one of those. It, it was kind of one of those moments where uh, Mo Salah had, had been scoring goals, but you know he'd been missing some good chances, and I don't think people had really sort of expected too too much. But I I think that 
that game was kind of it was almost like a signal of hello that this is this is um this could be something special we've got here i mean it really kind of was the takeaway moment from that game wasn't it that breakaway goal he's running and nobody seems to get anywhere near him he's just like wow the roadrunner uh it was spectacular yeah uh, it was just it was just such a, an all-round performance as well yeah it was really really impressive um yeah, it was just, uh, they, they were the only three league games in, uh, in August. Uh, I, sorry, I'm just working off my, my, uh, my records here as well that I, that I had for during the season when, while, while working on the book. Um, so I had each, each, each month split up. So yeah, they were, they were the, they were the only three league games. Um, Watford away, the three all draw, then beating Palace and beating Arsenal 4-0. So we, yeah, at the end of August, we were well set going into that, uh, international break, but, September and October, unfortunately, were just a different, different story. Yeah, uh, just in September, then they there was the elimination from the the League Cup to to Leicester, which yeah. I know a lot of people were really disappointed about. At the time, I wasn't too concerned because I thought, you know, the last thing we kind of needed with with a pretty tight squad was distractions when we were looking to really sort of get our return to the Champions League going and I, I really felt that that was it was more important that we gave a good showing in the Champions League than whatever we did in the the League Cup even though I know it's a trophy yeah no agreed yeah I, I'd be the same it's look if if we get to the semi-final even the quarter-finals I'm, I'm all for I'm all in on it like you know you, you want the you want the trophy you want the you want the day out but uh at the start of the season, like when you're trying to prioritise, of course, you, you've got to go with Champions League and, and the league ahead of everything. Yeah. And I mean, September also contained that, that 5-0 defeat away to Manchester City. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think for anyone who was getting carried away at the time, that was a real sort of, it was a hammer blow, wasn't it? We really sort of brought us back down to earth with a, with a thought that one. Yeah, it was a, a serious reality check. It was an unfortunate reality check as well. Like Liverpool had been, they hadn't been the better. I, I don't think they'd been the better team, but they'd been, they'd been a good match for City up until Mane got sent off. And um, but it, it was a disappointment. Um, I know a lot of Liverpool fans were absolutely livid with the with the way the team just seemed to nearly collapse in on itself. Um, after. After going a couple of goals down and a man down, and did, it, it was like they just lacked direction on the pitch. So um, even at that stage as well, I know among among people that uh, that would watch Liverpool with myself, uh, Klopp, like even Klopp himself was was getting questioned at that stage. You know, just people that I I'd consider them knee jerk reactionists myself, but. Um, but you, you can't deny the fact that he was getting questioned by some at that stage, like where was his leadership for that game, things like that, you know. Yeah, uh, the, I think the real thing though through that period as well is is just how co- inconsistent we were, you know. Yeah. I know we'll get to it. The European one, we were we were playing pretty well in Europe, but our our league form was a bit sort of hit and miss. You, you know, you weren't sure what you were going to get. There was a really disappointing draw away to Newcastle in a game we should have comfortably won. There was mm-hmm. that. Dower nil nil at home to to Man United. Yeah. But uh, and then we had that you know the another hammer blow the the four one defeat away to Spurs which obviously was that was the day that Lovren completely lost his head yeah. and yeah. had to be taken off after half an hour. And but it was almost like that almost that game was was kind of like a, a turning point 
for the season, really. Yeah, like it's um because I was I was actually checking on Twitter with uh, Simon Brunish from Anfield Index uh, last week um f- for my book that because uh, I was just putting it in that Simon had tweeted previously that after that four one defeat um I think Liverpool had the second this uh, yeah the second best defensive record in the Premier League for the rest of the season after that so not only did they seem to tighten up um tighten up before before January but then you had Virgil van Dijk coming in as well which I, I know you're going to come to later on but um it was it, it was it was such a such a poor performance against Spurs um even looking because I just happened to have in the notes here the XG ratings from those games like Spurs were three three expected goals Liverpool was 0.8 like it was just they, they were all over us you know I remember Son had a particularly good game and Deli Alley of course um uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, <laughs> again, it, w- it was like the City game. It was another reminder of just, just, just how, how well a, a good top team in the Premier League can take you apart if, if you're not set up properly for them. And thankfully they did improve after that. Yeah. And I think it's an important thing as well. You mentioned, yeah, we, we did tighten up after that, but I guess it was the Spurs game and the Man City game. They really sort of brought home everyone's fears about not tying up the Van Dyke deal in the summer because it was all out of the we we pursued Van Dyke we ultimately didn't get him at the time there was the apology uh people expected us to go out and sign a different center back we didn't we went with what we had and obviously lots of people were very concerned and rightly so given the history of the defensive unit we had in place that you know that that we were short in a, in a, in an area of the pitch where we needed to be a lot stronger if we wanted to compete for the best trophies. And, and uh, do you think maybe that, that sort of period and those results really sort of hammered home to Klopp that, yeah, that, you know, we, we just can't afford to go the full season on this. We, we can't wait till the, the following summer. We're going to have to get this deal tied up, uh, in the, 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 um, the January transfer window. Yeah. I found my words. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, um, th- that's a good point. I, like, for all we know, it, it was probably always going on in the background, but, but maybe, yeah, like you say, after, especially after those two, they, they were hammerings, like Spurs hammered us, City, City hammered us. Um, it, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was just a case of alarm bells for Klopp. Um, and then ooh, that was, that was late October, so. Two months later, they they would be, luckily enough, announcing Van Dijk. Um, I'm I'm sure I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was just if if Klopp had any had any feeling that look maybe we can go through this season without Van Dijk and you know I I can work with what I have. Um, I think when Liverpool collapsed in those two games, uh, it it, it really, I'm sure it would have got the got the move working in the background then as well for for Van Dijk. Yeah, and moving through November, I mean, we started off as the the win away to West Ham, and that was a game where I mean, someone we hadn't mentioned, you know, in during that uh, that win at the end of August against Arsenal, uh, Oxley Chamberlain played for Arsenal that day. He started for them, even yeah. though the, the the speculation was was um was was rife then that he would either be joining ourselves or Chelsea, uh, and obviously he ended up joining us. Uh, he had a stinker against us that day, but um, he, he came in and it was a, a bit of a slow start to his Liverpool career. But 
that was the game I seem to remember that he really sort of um, he exploded onto the scene and showed that he really uh, could be a, a Liverpool player in that 4-1 win away at West Ham. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's I think uh, credit to him as well. Like um, there was a lot of doubt when he joined because he was you know he was quoted as saying that he felt his his best position his his where he'd be most useful was from attacking at attacking central midfield and. He, he showed that, um, he's shown that that is his best place, not, not out wide. Um, the, the poor guy, I think he, I think he met his debut coming on against City, if I remember correct, in that 5-0 defeat, because that would have been the first game in September after the transfer window closed. Yeah, so, um, it wasn't an easy start for him, but, but like you say, yeah, against West Ham, um, he, he really showed the, the, I suppose the potential he has for, to fit into this Liverpool team. Um, He's, I doubt I'm on my own, but he's he's gone on to be one of one of my favorite players. I'm absolutely devastated with his long term injury. I, I I thought he was fantastic there in in recent months. Yeah, he, he certainly has. He's grown and grown. Uh, one of the things that concerned me about him playing in central midfield is when I'd seen him play there for Arsenal. He looked, um, he really lacked sort of the discipline, and I, and I don't mean in terms of you know discipline getting getting cards and giving away silly fouls is just positional discipline tactical discipline yeah he seemed to kind of disappear all over the place and try to do too much by himself and i think that time obviously that that, that couple of months Klopp and his and his staff working with him it seems to have really paid off and and like you say you know he's he's grown and grown and grown through the season and you know looking to you know, really looking an important uh, part of of the squad, and uh, not not just the starting team, but that that option to be able to play him in the uh, the attacking roles as well. You know, he's he looked like he was going to be such an important member of the team, and yeah. you know, and especially after Coutinho went, I know we'll come to that. You know, he he was the one person who could who could break from midfield and be that goal threat, and and it was absolutely devastating to lose him at the end of the season, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and. Like you say, Coutinho, like Coutinho from attacking midfield seemed to, he gives us an option of breaking, breaking a defensive line with a, either with a cracking long range effort or just a, just fantastic assists or true balls that, that not many other players would see or even if they are able to see it that they're not able to execute it. But Oxlade Chamberlain, he, he, he's able to, Give that from from attacking midfield as well, but not not via true balls or anything. It's it's just like true true strength and and running and like he, he's just he's he's so uh, he's just so attack focused when when he gets on the ball. He's just one thing on his mind and it's just go go straight at them. Um, which you you could see like even a good example of it was the the goal against City at Anfield in the league, which is um. We just got his head down, ran at them, and just buried a low shot from outside the box into the into the bottom car. He, he just he's he's so he's he's so so attack focused, like like Coutinho. But Coutinho would would find someone with a true ball, but Oxide Chamberlain can can offer breaking the lines by just actual strength and uh, a bit of pace as well coming from the centre, which is a nice change. Yeah, it's great to have them different options of being able to yeah. break the line in, in different ways and. Yeah, it's it again, just great options to have for the team. I mean, we're looking at November. You know, the the form started to pick up. December, the the continuation. We were getting more consistent by this point. And yeah. we mentioned Coutinho. Now, yeah, it, it, 
the, you know, the rumors were really starting to, you know, to pick up during December. It would be, it was the big thing running through the summer, you know, would he, wouldn't he stay? Uh, obviously heavily linked with Barcelona ended up staying. There was the delay before we saw him in action. Then he, that first half of the season when he was playing, once he got back into the swing of things, he, he was electric, you know, goals, assists. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was, he was just kind of, I guess, reminding everyone of that quality. And as it turned out, reminding Barcelona why they needed to buy him. Yeah. 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 Cause I remember even before, uh, before Barcelona kind of came in with the serious intent of signing him, uh, last summer, you know, the last couple of seasons, anytime he went, went and played with Brazil and, Next thing you see is you see it on Twitter that he's after scoring a thirty-yard strike for Brazil, and you're like, "All right, brilliant!" But you know, you can't calm it down a little bit. You don't want everyone knowing how good you are yet, you know. Um, yeah, he was he was absolutely fantastic when he came back in, and it can't be denied. Like he was absolutely he like the goals. I I don't have I don't have it wrote down here, but I know he was he was high up in his, in the goals and assists rankings again. Yeah, I think it was eight goals he got something. Yeah, and that's on my head. I believe it was eight. And like he only he only started playing again from September, was it or yeah. October? September. Yeah. So there's four months of action there. That's, yes. That's, yeah. You know, it's pretty impressive. You and know, play, and again playing from that midfield position uh, quite often as well. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, because I, I remember, like it was just uh, it was just so unfortunate the first uh, the first transfer request because again it was the I think he put it in the day, was it the Friday, the day before the season started? And we, cause I remember we were talking about it in Anfield for that Watford screening. Um, was it, was it either the morning of the season yeah. or the day? I, I believe it was the day before, yeah, cause yeah. It, it was a pretty devastating blow to us all, wasn't it? It was shocking. It was just a slap in the face for Klopp as well, I'm sure. Like it's just, the, the timing of it was very unfortunate. Whatever. I, I know he wanted to go to Barca and that's fair enough and I, I don't I don't hold any grudges against him for that that's fine but it's just the timing of it like if you want to go let him let him know in June or July when he has time to time to work on it either a replacement or some different tactics to, to, to cope in your absence you know yeah that was it. it it was I mean that was it became the thing during December wasn't it the talk of Coutinho the, the rumours getting stronger and stronger and stronger and ultimately, you know, the way he left the club is a real shame when you, you look back on his five years, um, how influential he became, how he developed and improved and progressed. And, you know, the, the, some of the great moments and the great, goal, the great goals and bits of skill that he gave us over that time. And, you know, I think back like in the in the Europa League, that run where we went to uh, Old Trafford and, and, he, and yeah. he scored that goal, you know, near post, completely doing De Gea. Yeah. You know, th- these are the things that we should remember Coutinho for, but unfortunately, exactly. the way he exited, that's ultimately what he'll be remembered for. And it, it is a shame, isn't it? It is. It is a huge pity. Um, it is. Uh, but I think t- I think time will probably heal that. I'd say maybe may- maybe by, you know, next season or whatever, people people will be able to able to look back on uh, Coutinho with fonder memories than just than just how he, how he went out. That's my hope. Anyway, that's what I've been trying to do. <laughs> uh, and December ending, I mean, not just with with the well, eventually uh, it became January where Coutinho actually left. But you know, December ending with us absolutely on a high. I mean, totally out of the blue, just before New Year, boom! Here it is, Virgil Van Dijk in a Liverpool kit. Yeah. Uh, 
that I mean I remember that feeling of ecstasy excitement I remember I remember my son doing a little dance <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was like whoa and that was the thing I think it was it was a sign Liverpool are serious you know to spend that amount of money on a yeah. quality defender that we we had we we knew we wanted and he was coveted by lots of other clubs but to to spend that kind of money to get the guy in it, I, for me, it showed we are serious here. Yeah, it was. Um, I suppose it's it's like now with with all the good deals we've done lately, and that um, looking back, it was probably one of the earlier ones where we really seen that we're gone past uh, the era where we had Ian Hare kind of failing with Kanoplyanka and Salah the first time. You know, there was there was no more fail deals. It's like if we wanted someone, we were generally going to going to get them if they wanted to play for us. Um, like Van, Van Dijk was, he is without doubt one of the best central central defenders in modern football. There, there's absolutely no doubt in that. Um, and his signing was just it was it was such a fantastic statement of intent. It was absolutely it, it was so. So heartening for Liverpool fans. It was and just the I think the first game after he signed, he, he wasn't playing, but away to Burnley. Um, yes, yeah, he actually because <laughs> I think it was Lovren and Clavan then combined. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was it. The deadly duo. Yeah. again. <laughs> they combined to get the late winner at Burnley. Um, yeah, I've got to say that was one of my favourite wins of the season because we would we yeah. didn't play well that day. And it was away at Burnley, which is always a tough place to go. They've got such a good home record. They're such a difficult team to beat. And we we did them at their own place, at their, in their own way. It was, you know, we, we Burnley, Burnley. It was yeah, it yeah. was like a coming of age. Exactly. Like, we're used to, I, I know it's without sounding uh, cocky or anything, we're used to seeing this Liverpool team blow up some opposition away like three four five nil or more you know um but it's you still get worried when a game is tight and when when liverpool went one up in that game and then burnley equalized i think it was maybe 15 maybe less i don't know 10 15 minutes left and i was watching it myself and i was like i thought for this game it was going to be a draw and now it looks like it is going to be a draw and i really don't expect us to to have the fight to to pull this out of the bag now and like they did in injury time and actually Oxlade Chamberlain it was who sent in the free kick that uh, that's right Lovren put the header back across for Clavan and like like you say it was just it was a like an old school hard hard fought victory you know it wasn't just where you blew someone away with your skill it was something where you actually you had to show your balls and they did like yeah and then after that going through. Uh, against Everton in the FA Cup and Van Dijk getting the winner. I mean, we, we, you know, it it was fantastic, wasn't it? We were on a high and and that being followed by beating Man City, being the first team to beat Man City in the league, 4-3, playing some absolutely breathtaking football. You know, we, we, we really did start January on a high, didn't we? Uh, yeah, and that game, that game was absolutely fantastic. Like it was just, Liverpool were brilliant in that game. Like it was 4-1 going into the 81st, 82nd minute. And I know it was the the usual story then of just laps of, laps of concentration. I don't think Van Dyke was playing in that game either. So you're still dealing with our old, our old defense. If if you if you get me, Van Dijk played against Everton, but he was he was on the bench. I I don't even know if he was on the bench, but he definitely didn't start against City anyway. 
Um, so it was back to like our old team before Van Dyke had arrived, and we still managed to do that against City. It was just they were fantastic going forward, Liverpool that day. Firmino's goal that day as well, where he just he used his body weight to lean across the. I think it was John Stones, and then he just dinked to finish over um, Ederson. That that was a fantastic goal. Yeah, there, there was a few fantastic ones that day. Yeah. It was it was a cracker. Um, it, it was it was disappointing to go out of the FA Cup in the next round though later that month against West Brom uh, in a game that ultimately uh, ended Simon Mignolet's career at yeah. Liverpool. I think that was his last start, wasn't it? Yeah, not his career. Full stop. I should add. But yeah, his, his season anyway. Yeah. Um, but uh, but possibly his Liverpool career. <laughs> But um, yeah, no, and like we just lost to Swansea uh, a few a few days before that in the league as well. So it was they, they were the first defeats. There was two defeats in a row: Swansea and then West Brom in the FA Cup, and they were the first defeats since the the collapse at Spurs in um back in October. So it was it was typical. It was wasn't there some strange statistic? Liverpool had been the first. Oh, I can't remember. But basically, they one of the very few teams to had have beaten the top of the table side. And then followed by losing to the bottom of the table. So they'd beaten City 4-3, then went and lost one nil away to Swansea. In the, in yeah, the... only, only we could do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, thankfully, United followed that up later in the season, I remember, because they, they went and beat City 3-2 at City and then went and lost... Um, who was that? Oh, yeah, they oh, lost West Brom. West Brom, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's, it's the, the madness of... Uh, the mad, the the, that joyful madness of, of club football, isn't it, at times? Exactly, exactly. But yeah, the, it was it was a pity to go to the FA Cup at that stage because the, the very same, I had the very same top process about that as I did as we were talking about the League Cup earlier. It's like it's a it's a trophy at the end of the day. You'd like to be able to win it. You don't prioritize it at the start of the season, but you like to stick in it for as long as you can. And then if you get to the quarterfinals or that, then you go all in on it. You know. Yeah, and I, th- I mean, we'll we'll come to it at the end when, when we start to look at you know musing over how we think next season could go. But yeah, I think we're getting to the point where you know a trophy I think is becoming increasingly important for Klopp and and just to get that that whole final hoodoo off his back as well. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think so as well, and and not just for Klopp but for the club as well. It, it's not 2012 under Kenny when we won the League Cup. I think that was the last. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, after that, we've you know we we had the the ups and downs in ninety minutes against Spurs and the, all the madness that that carried on from yeah. that. Um, you know that there's 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 wins there, beating West Ham again. Uh, you know we we this was a thing. By this point, I think we you know we we had more Salah week in week out now. Proving that this wasn't just a flash in the pan, this wasn't just a purple patch. You know, th- this was a special talent that we'd managed to recruit, and his goals tally was rising by the week, and it was getting less and less surprising that he was on the score sheet. Yeah, and we're, we're up to February now, and amazingly, I think that's the first time we've mentioned Salah, is it? Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he was absolutely unbelievable all season. Like, what a. What a sight! Like no one, no one could have predicted how 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 he was going to turn out. It was just incredible. Yeah, he was just scoring just every week. It was just fantastic. And not only that, it's just it, I know it's a cliche, but he he does play with a smile on his face. You know what I mean? 
Like he, he, he brings the joy into football. Like it's, he's just a fantastic footballer, a great player to have in your squad. Yeah. Um, and j- just moving into March, there's the game in there where we beat Watford 5-0 at home. Uh, and obviously, oh, it's, it's, yeah, sorting out, sorting out that 3-3 on the opening day. Yeah. Um, putting that one to bed and putting that right. But uh, that was a game where Salah got four goals. Uh, and he just, he, he had that Watford defense all over the place. And, you know, their heads, they dropped massively towards the end. I mean, they, they just looked, they looked tortured. They, they, yeah. You know, yeah, just yeah, trying yeah. to keep up with this guy. I mean, you just kind of fall for them in the end. Yeah, and I think it was wasn't his 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 final goal where um or maybe it was his hat trick goal actually where he just had them going left. He had a, like yeah, left right, left, left right, like, they all sliding on the floor. Yeah, he had a line of like three or four Watford defenders all in a line in front of him. Um, so he he led them one way, then took them back to the right, then took them back to the, and like Salah kind of falls as he's shooting in the end himself, but he finishes it perfectly. But like th- these defenders, they don't know what to do or where to go or like when when he's going to release the shot it's just it's fantastic to watch it really yeah he i mean or like you said all season he he was mesmerizing but yeah. I, I think it was we would got to this you know by this kind of stage of the season it had gone past that you know oh he's just having a good spell or he's just you know <laughs> he's just this or he's just that and it's like actually you know what you know he's right up there with kevin de bruyne as the best player in the league uh, and and all, by the end of it, everyone was kind of like he's overtaken him now, and he you know he walked away with the accolades and everything. But I think this it was this kind of stage of the season where everyone just kind of accepted right that's it now you know th- this is no flash in the pan, this is just a top class footballer, and Liverpool did yeah. a great piece of business in in recruiting him. Yeah, like was. 36, it was under 40 million anyway, wasn't he? 36 yeah, million? Something like 6.9, something like that, yeah. Yeah, like when consider the prices that went around last summer and the prices that are no doubt going to go around this summer, especially after the World Cup, it was, it's like, it's a snip, you know, it's a fantastic deal. Yeah, and, and, and I think, you know, as we get towards the end of the season, we know we're into April and May and, and there aren't too many fixtures left. We looked like we were pretty, you know, pretty solid for a top four position. Results did start to to wander off a bit, um, but it was again. You know, we're talking about prioritising. You know, yeah. the focus was firmly by this point on on the Champions League, and like we say, we will get to that separately. The European run. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it, it's in fairness that we were doing that, and but it also highlighted that this you know this really tight squad that we had that we have that, you know, a few injuries and we're down to the bare bones and we're struggling to be able to compete on two fronts, let alone three or four. Yeah, yeah, like it's in, uh, it was April when Oxford chamberlain got injured as well, wasn't it? So, like, the, the midfield was, the midfield could no longer be rotated anyway whatsoever. Like, you were missing Emre Chan and you were missing Oxford chamberlain and Lalana was still injured. So, it, it always, from, from mid or late April, was it was it late April when Ox got injured against Roma maybe at Anfield? Um, it I was, believe it was, yeah. It was from then on. It just had to be Henderson, Milner, Wijnaldum, and that was the midfield. There was no other options for Klopp unless he wanted to really go and like just put Woodburn in attacking the field. But you know that that's not a realistic option compared to compared to the other guys that had been rotating like Emre Chan and Lalana and um, and Ox. 
Um, yeah, so it was very, very tight. And up front, there, there, there wasn't really injury concerns, but it's just a golfing class between the first choice front three and the backups. Um, yeah, it just, it really did show how, how tight the squad was that, that Klopp had to work with for the whole season. And then especially it's, it's always going to show then when you're, when you're still, when you're still going in the final stage of the Champions League, um, your, your league, like Liverpool did, they did pretty much stumble over the finish line, except for a great final day against Brighton. They, they stumbled over the finish line like there was the draw with Everton, draws at West Brom, and draw home to Stoke, losing to Chelsea. Like, yeah, they, they were, they were, they were struggling. They, they were tired, but it's, I would never, I would never be one to have gone online and complained about that stuff. Like, they're, they were tired for bloody good reason, you know? Yeah, we we at any stage were you worried then right at the end that that Chelsea might just pip us? Yeah, yeah, I was. Um, it's like back in February, March, it was like, oh, it's it's ours. Like, do we we literally we really can't lose four? But then we just yeah, we kept drawing, and I think it was after we drew at home to Stoke. I was I was concerned, and I, I had a feeling Chelsea were probably going to beat us because we we had different both teams had. Very different priorities at that stage, and I thought Chelsea might just sneak a sneak a one goal victory. Um, but uh, but then I think it was David Wagner then uh, did us a favor with Huddersfield going to Chelsea and getting a draw after that game, and and then Rafa, of course, such as Newcastle beating Chelsea in the final day. So, um, but before that, yeah, I was I was worried that Chelsea were coming back and that we were going to suffer for the for the, the great Champions League run and end up slipping out to fifth place maybe. Yeah, so in the end though Liverpool like you say, you know, a, a really good final day against Brighton, who mm. in fairness were probably on the beach by then. Yeah. Uh, so it, we ended up Liverpool finished fourth. Uh seventy five points, which um was predicted as you know has been a number that will get you the Champions League football. As obviously like you said, you know, in the end Chelsea just came apart in that final week and, and they only finished on 70. So we could have got away with the less, but, you know, 75 points, scoring 84 goals uh, and and dropping that conceded. And that, that's a big thing for me. You know, the goals against dropping down below 40, you know, down to yeah. 38. Yeah. Now, that's a step in the right direction. So on exactly. the whole, you know, you know, obviously we'd like it to be better, but... Uh, how how would you rate that uh, that league performance this season then from Liverpool? Uh, considering considering the the Champions League run, I think we've got to be happy with that. With with the squad, okay, it's 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 okay in the next season to next one two or three seasons to expect more. Even if we do go to say like the last four of Champions League, most uh, you know for the next couple of seasons, if we do manage a good run like that, to still expect maybe to get in the top two of the league. But with the squad we had this season and the injuries, um, I, I I was very happy, to be honest, with the with the league performance and getting to the Champions League final. Yeah, and like you say, you know, defensively, that has improved. I mean, exactly. Yeah, yeah we we look at it and you can balance out and say, okay, look, if there wasn't for that Champions League run, we we probably would have had the squad a, a, a stronger team fielded in a few of them games and probably would have had a few more points, possibly somewhere around about the 80 mark, which would have been a lot better. But I think something that kind of does stand out, though, is 12 draws, uh, significantly more than anyone else uh, in the top six. So, the, if you know, if there's one thing that we still need to look at, it's it's turning some more of them draws into wins as we go forward. 
Yeah, and it, it's a strange one, like, isn't it? Because normally you'd associate a high number of draws with um with with a conservative team, you know, with with, with a sometimes with a boring team. Well, or yeah, they say so we strange. sorry we we finished on the same number of draws for the season as Burnley. Yeah, yes, and um, you know, there's um. It, it it is it's 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 a bit of a conundrum that one the the high number of draws compared to the the style of football we play where where it's it's like all right if you score three we're going to try to score four but uh yeah I I I'd actually I'd like to go back and have a look and see how many of those um there was probably I don't know maybe oh I see two nil nil draws there. It couldn't have been many nil, nil, many more than two nil nil draws. I'd say there was quite a lot of high scoring draws, like the three three with Watford at the start of the season, and a few others like that, maybe. Yeah, so that's a, you know it it all in all a, a good season, certainly one of progress. But you know that on the league front, that there is still progress to be made, and and you know as we'll get to, it seems that we are already looking to to get on that. So. Let's look then at the European one. I mean, we, we've kind of skated around it a few times, but, um, you know, if, if you think back to that opening game of the season where we're all there at Anfield, would you honestly at that point have expected us to get to the uh, Champions League final? No, no, I would have. I would have hoped for maybe maybe a nice Champions League campaign to get to maybe the quarterfinals or so. Yeah, um, I mean, it was... It was um, Someone else from uh, Anfield Index, uh, Alan O'Donoghue, who's been a guest on this show through the season. Um, yeah. I was talking to him that day, and he was adamant to me. He said, we, "We're getting to the final. We're winning it." I mean, he, he firmly believed we were going to win it, and uh, he was he was nearly right. Um, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm with you. I I've got to say, at the start of the season, for me, it was look, let's get through the group stages, get to the quarterfinals, and I'll be happy because. Not only are we back in it, but we're also we're, we're progressing. We're, you know, yeah, we're sure yeah. we're not just it, it, we're we're much better than we were the last time we were in the competition. Yeah, uh, exactly, exactly. Like, and um, even because that that playoff draw in the Champions League against Hoffenheim, like they were the hardest team we could have got in that draw. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, they, if I remember from the match preview, checking the stats for that Hoffenheim game, um. I think they had been undefeated at home in the previous 15 months, and we went there and won 2-1. That That's was just right. a few days, few days after the Watford game. Yeah, they'd beaten Bayern at home. They'd beaten a lot of teams. Yeah, they they were quite, quite the side at home, and um, yeah, it was a hell of a task, and and we we dealt with them in quite impressive fashion. I mean, yeah. what about the group that we were drawn with then? You know, Maribor. Um, we're thinking back now, at Sevilla. You know. Yeah. How did you how did you feel with the with the draw for the group then? Did, were you com- were you uh, comfortable? Were you confident that we would yeah. uh, we would get through? Yeah, I, I I didn't have any doubt we'd get through that group. Um, I I was hoping we'd we'd manage to beat Sevilla, but we just had the the two two and the three three draws with them in the group. Um, but yeah, we still managed to win the group. I was confident we'd get through that group. To be honest, um, I'd never even. I, I can't remember if I'd ever even heard the name Marabar before before this season. Um, Spartak Moscow, I know we played them years ago, but they were different years altogether. Like they're they're not uh, they're not the way they the way the way they were. They, they were kind of a half decent European team back in maybe the the early noughties, you know. But um, 
but Liverpool do they drew one all in Moscow in I think it was the second group game. They should should really should have won. Um and then sure we like we won seven nil in Maribor, seven nil at home to Spartak. It was yeah, just it was, that, that was some statement of intent, wasn't it? Oh, it was incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, and, and then Porto in the knockout stages, com- you were, again, uh, comfortable, I keep saying that. Are you confident that we were going to get past them? Yeah, because the only reason, because I can remember going in for before before the away game against Porto and backing Liverpool to win minus one. Um, and I would have, like, I would have, with a lot more money if I back to minus three or four, obviously, but uh, I didn't. I didn't. Have, not in my wildest dreams that I think they were going to win five nil, but I think, like with a lot of people, that was when, that was when we kind of sat up and took notice that Jesus, we've just blown away. And again, Porto were a team that had been undefeated at home all season. Yeah. Uh, they were. I think they went to Porto have gone on and won the Premier League in Portugal this season. I think. Yeah, that, that's it. There's there's very few teams have certainly in Europe have gone to Porto and won. Yeah, that. I think we're the first uh, English team to have done that. So yeah, well, it won, but absolutely <laughs> blew them away. Like yeah, exactly. Uh, quarterfinals then City. I mean, this was the one that really kind of captured the imagination, um, got yeah. people dreaming. Because I'll be honest, I I said. Um, I expected City to win at their place. I expected us to beat them at Anfield, and then it was just a case of who scored the most goals over yeah. the two legs. That, that's how I thought it. I thought it would be very close. In the end, um, frankly, it was anything but. Yeah, um, I I didn't expect us to keep a clean sheet against City at Anfield, but again, it was a sign of the the improving improving defense. Um, uh, like Liverpool were absolutely fantastic that night. Um, just blew them away again. Um, it was really, really top class performance. What a first half! It was three 0 at half time, wasn't it? And um, then just a professional performance in the second half. Um, just, just keeping them at bay. Like in City, it was the first game all season. City didn't register a single shot on target. Carius didn't have a save to make. Yeah, that I believe that is the case. Um. Yeah, they they weren't happy. Um, nobody had done that to them. Yeah, uh, they're an excellent look. They're an excellent side. You know, they finished the season with a hundred points. You know, they're they're an excellent side. Fantastic right. attacking unit. You know, quality midfield. Do have some weaknesses uh, defensively. You know, but we we just seem to it, well almost like it is. Klopp seems to have the you know the. The, the antidote for, for Guardiola's football, you know, he seems to, just like it almost feels as though that uh, Mourinho, you know, has the answer to, to Klopp, that, that yeah. Klopp has the answer to Guardiola, you know, the, the little vicious circle that if there's a manager out there that can, can beat you, it, it, this seems to be the way it's, it uh, it flows for them too. Yeah, it was, it's, it just seems like that Mourinho is not ashamed to play like ultra defensive and, you know, Park the park the bus as they say, but uh, and then on the other hand, Guardiola could do with a bit of that uh, <laughs> because he's he's too proud. Whereas Mourinho has he's not ashamed to do that. Guardiola he's too proud to do that, and he seems like they maybe would benefit from some of that is when playing Klopp's teams. Um, this Liverpool squad anyway, that City maybe need to set up a bit of a better stall at the back, but um. I, d- I don't know. I, d- I think, uh, as with uh, as with most top level managers, um, 
in, incredible stubborn streak seems to be a, <laughs> a necessary trait. So um, I don't think Guardiola will, will change his approach anytime soon. And that's probably good for Liverpool. Yeah, long may continue. Yeah. Would you say then at this quarterfinal stage, blowing City away in the in the manner that we did, um, and surviving an early scare at the City at, yeah. um, at the City ground <laughs> at uh, at City's place as well? You know, do you think that this was the, or is it fair to say that at this stage, you know, that we could all start dreaming? You know, oh, it, yeah. somehow it was written in the stars that we're going to do it. Number six. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like you say, the early scare of that game, like within two or three minutes, Jesus had that goal scored for City, and it was, it was really, it was just what we didn't want, and it was just, just felt it was going to be backs to the wall for the rest of the game, and it was for the rest of the first half. But once Liverpool got in at half time, and it was still just one nil, um, the Liverpool were really good in the second half, really, really impressive, and um. It was like Klopp, you know, he, I don't think he gets the credit he deserves either. We all know he's such a great man manager and a motivator, but, um, it's like that's all he does. That's all we consider him to be good at. Whereas he, he knows his, he knows his shit with tactics and stuff as well. Like the, the way Liverpool soaked up City for that first, I know there was luck involved as well, but there always is going to be when, when you've got a team the caliber of Manchester City attacking you for 45 minutes, you're going to need luck to keep the score at nil-nil or one-nil or whatever. But um, when they did soak it up, and then in the second half, Liverpool just came out and exploited um, City and came back and won one-two-one in the night. It was fantastic. Yeah, it, it was bloody brilliant. <laughs> uh, and, and what about Roma for the semi-final then? Was that your preference in terms of the draw rather than getting Madrid or or Bayern? It was, yeah, it was. Um, because I remember, yeah, I remember the night we bet City in the second leg. Um, is on BT Sport, and it was just kept coming up the the updates, the scores from 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 Rome with the Roma Barcelona game, and just we were going, we were going absolutely nuts because Barcelona were now knocked out. You know, one of the strongest teams, and they're gone, and we we were we would be confident if we got Roma, so and we did, so um. Yeah, that was that was a great game at Anfield. It, it's, that was Salah's Salah's opening goal. I think it was the first goal, wasn't it? The one he curled in off the top of the off the bottom of the crossbar. No, I, I lose track. There's been that many. <laughs> That's the thing. You know, That's, he was, yeah, he was mesmerising. And, and I mean, uh, obviously, as his former club, and he left there on really good terms. Yeah, that was clearly evident. You know, leading up to the match, and even during the match, you know, the not celebrating the goals. But he was he was just incredible that night. Oh, he was incredible, and that's one of my favorite memories is um, Salah trying not to celebrate the goals and just getting knocked about the place by by the other guys going mental around him, like Firmino and Oxlade Chamberlain, and that just coming in and bumping off him, Henderson pushing him around, and Salah was just trying to stand there with his hands up, like as you know, no the the typical no celebration, but. Uh, like he, he was getting pushed around the place. I just it was a fun memory that one. Yeah, I, I mean the second leg, you know, I know the the aggregate score in the end looked like it was close, but in reality it it wasn't. It was yeah. anything but close. You know, they, they they did have some very fortunate moments. Uh, let's put it that way. Um, yeah. A lot of things that went for them certainly over the two legs. They they got the the good fortune of that, and that's why the scoreline looks so close. 
Um, just just fantastic, you know, for Liverpool to do that again in the semi-final and book the place in the final against Real Madrid. It was it ah, it was it was I've got to say it was beyond my wildest dreams for this season. Yeah, no, it, it was good. It, when Liverpool went two one up that night after Wayne Aldam's first away goal, um, it was just like they they tried to. It it seemed like they just tried to re- preserve energy and um, just just see it see it out, and they they barely did see it out in the end. But like you said, if if it was if it had really been that close, then Liverpool would have been would have stepped it back up a gear. They kind of from. From about 30, 35 minutes in that game, they, they slipped back into first or second gear and just, uh, just kind of sauntered through the rest of that game. Um, it got a little bit worryingly close at the end, but, uh, it's, it, no, the 7-6 scoreline wasn't a true reflection in my, in my opinion anyway. Uh, Most definitely not. Yeah, and a fantastic, uh, fantastic, uh, achievement to get through then to the final against Real Madrid. And just the scenes as well from the Olympic Stadium uh, that night after. I think the Liverpool fans were locked in till, till 1am or that, weren't they, for safety? And Klopp coming back out, the team coming back out, the, the Sean Cox banners with the, with Henderson and that on the pitch. Just fantastic scenes. Yeah, yeah, special memories for, for this season. And, uh, you know, so we, we get to the final. And this was why I, I needed a couple of weeks before I could sit down and talk about things, let the emotions really die away. Because um, yeah. I'd, I'd, once I'd started to dream and, and let, mys- let myself think about it, um, I, I was just devastated. And it took, I'll admit, it took it took me a good while to really get over the the heartache of losing that final um partly i guess for for the way that it it transpired you know for us to get so close but ultimately fall short yeah like oh, we it's it's probably probably you can probably tell by my reaction but it probably is one of the first times i've really spoken about the the match since it happened yeah like we were on top in that game there's no doubt liverpool had started brilliantly um, and then I think it was 23, 24 minutes. This the Sal injury just changes everything. Uh, yeah, it, it was so deflating, so disappointing. Um, amazing to be there, but uh, it was it's it's still it, it was a hammer blow, and it's still a tough one to take. Yeah. Yeah, I, I said. I mean, I, I, the next day I was I was just. Utterly devastated. I, I drank, I drank a full, full keg of beer watching the game. Um, yeah. I was, I was distraught. I woke up the next day. I was, I feeling rough and, and just an absolute devastation. Um, and that yeah. was the thing, you know, we, you know, we, <clears throat> you kind of think, well, you know, you're playing Real Madrid that they, they'd won it the previous two seasons. You know, that they're supposed to be like the number one team in Europe, that we shouldn't be expecting much from this. Um, you know, no matter what, it's been great. But I think once you get there, the everything everything else takes over. And and the like you say, you know, you start the game so well, we're looking dangerous. Uh, we've got them on the back foot. Salah's looking dangerous. We're getting shots. We're getting about them. That injury just completely changes the game. And, and, and for me, really changed the approach of both the team from there on in. Oh, totally. Like, Madrid didn't... I know they still had to worry about Mane for pacing in behind the back, but um, they really didn't have... 
half as much concern as they had from the start when they had to sit deep against Salah, you know. So they they could totally change their approach and push forward and uh, peg Liverpool back. Um, and it, again, it was just a sign of our lack of depth. Like uh, like you know, Madrid bring Gareth Bale on later in that game, whereas we replace Salah with Lalana, you know. And now I'm I'm not having a dig at Lalana. I, I like Lalana, but you're talking a pretty much a half fit Adam Lalana. Like he he hadn't played in months, and he's coming on to play 60 minutes of a Champions League final, you know, he's, he's not going to stick that. Um, if it's, yeah, it was just a serious sign of our, our lack of depth. Um, and so disappointing. It just played right into Madrid's hands. Um, I know there's been so much said about Ramos and all that. Um, and yeah, I was absolutely livid with him on the night and that day, but I just trying to ignore all the talk. Uh, like it's, you know, these petitions, stuff like this, like, the game of football it's over move on yeah uh, and that's it I mean obviously there's the carriers mistakes and they were devastating for me the second one's almost immaterial because the game was pretty much over sadly yeah. I mean Mane was brilliant throughout I thought he was the best player on the pitch in fact I thought he was superb he was fantastic he rose to the occasion yeah totally rose to the occasion but he was our only threat you know we we, we threatened Virtually nothing apart from money, and it was because of his individuality, individuality being able to carry the ball. Yeah. And I think, for me, it all came down to the midfield. Once Salah came off, you know, we came back a bit deeper. They moved; they were able to move up the pitch. We kind of almost surrendered the ball to them too much, um, and our our tempo seemed to drop, and we allowed them to dictate the game, and they've got, you know, top quality midfielders in Modric and Tony Kroos, uh, Casemiro, and, and Isco, everything was going through him, they, they were they were allowed to dictate, and, and I think it was the difference between them and us is, our midfield worked incredibly hard, and Vinaldon's a nice technical player, but we, we, were, we didn't have any of the guile that they had and yeah. I think that was ultimately the big difference between the sides was the quality and the guile in their midfield. And what we had was just workmanlike and very little else. And, yeah. and unfortunately, that for me was what really told on the night. And that was the difference between the two sides. Yeah. Like you, if even if you think back to the game, you can't really remember any any areas or instances in the game where like uh, Henderson or even Milner or um, Wijnaldum had really that much impact on, on what was happening, you know what I mean? And like, I, I, I like all those three players. <laughs> Probably like every Liverpool player, but I do like all those three players. I've, I've been a long-standing fan of Henderson as well, but um, I think even on that night especially, it just showed, you know, he, you know, he, when you're at that kind of level of Champions League final and you need someone to be a game changer, he's not, you know. And it's, I, th- I think that's why we're seeing the, the 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 midfield getting a serious overhaul as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like we say, it, it ended in disappointment, but on reflection, and this is why I needed the time to to really sort of gather myself and, and be able to to move past it. Is on reflection, you know, we 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 got much further than we ever expected and and it was a massive massive step in the right direction and uh, and let's make no bones about it we we registered ourselves back on on the uh, you know on, on 
on the highest, you know, the biggest stage in Europe. So, you know, it's, it it is, it it doesn't necessarily feel it right now. It's still, it is still quite, um, quite raw, but, you know, it's, it's a hugely positive show in this season. Exactly. Like there's, it's, it's not all for nothing. Basically there is, uh, there is huge benefits to what Liverpool achieved in the last season. Um, like not only have we got Jurgen Klopp that many players in world football would like to go and play for and the style of football Liverpool are playing, but they've done it with relative success as well by getting to a Champions League final and they're back at the biggest table in, in world football. So it's, it's a no brainer for many players when deciding on whether they should join Liverpool. It's, it's, it does us no harm whatsoever in the transfer market, you know. Exactly, exactly. So it, I mean, that's it that, you know, domestic season, lots of progression, lots of positives, European run, absolutely fantastic, uh, devastating to come up short just at the very end, but plenty of positives to take from that. It, on the whole, a really positive season. And, you know, and that brings us nicely on to, to the awards then. I mean, we're talking player of the season. It's, yeah. um, <laughs> it, I guess we could say that the not more Salah player player of the season because obviously you know in terms of player of the season you know he won everything the football writers the uh the pfa awards the premier league footballer of the year you know the liverpool player of the year he, he won if there's an award to have he won it uh top yeah. scorer he, he was just sensational and obviously you just cannot give player of the season to anyone else but salah um but you know Aside from waxing lyrical about Salah for for you know have a lo- however long you want to, if there was anyone that ran him close, um, who do you think over the season was was the top to two or three contenders? Um, I think special mentions should go to uh, Firmino. I think he had an exceptional season, and his his partnership with Salah is something to to, to nurture as well. Like it's, they're, they're fantastic together. Um, their, their understanding on the pitch. Um, so, like, if Salah hadn't blown us away with his amount of goals, we'd all be just amazed at what Firmino scored. But no one, yeah. not many have taken notice of it, but he, he 25 goals of the season. 20, 27 goals in all competitions and 16 assists. Uh, and 16 assists. Like, that's 43 goals, goal involvement. That's fantastic. Um, well, I thought, I thought Firmino, yeah, uh, Andy Robertson, like, I mean, what a success story. Um, cool hero uh, as well now. Yeah, yeah, like, but he's, he's just, he's reli, he seems to be re- like, reliable left back that we haven't had for a long time, like, sorry guy, <laughs> for a long time, but, um, Trent, Trent is, uh, of course, he's the, He'd be my, I know we're going to be talking about young player of the season, but I don't think you can really look past Trent for young player of the season, can you? Did you have no, any? Well, I mean, well, let's do it then, you know, obviously player of the season has to be, uh, Mo Salah, you know, 44 goals, 14 assists, uh, just incredible, broke all records. But like you say, you know, Firmino, 27 goals, 16 assists, Mane, 20, 20 goals over the season in the end and eight assists for yeah. a season where he was a little bit in and out, but finished really strongly. Coutinho got 12 goals and eight, eight assists in half a season. So there's lots of contributions. But, and even yeah. and Van Dijk as well, like the impact, the impact Virgil Van Dijk had and how, how well he has settled in straight away is just yeah. shows. And now a preseason as well to have. Yeah, exactly. 
So a young player of the season then, um, I mean, you've pretty much given it away then. You, you got to say Trent Alexander-Arnold? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's, there's much other, um, uh, much other, uh, candidates for that. I, I like Solanke and I think given game time, he will be a success. Um, but he may, he may need a loan. He may need a loan move, but I, I'm not sure, but, uh, I do think he will come good and I hope it is at Liverpool, but I just don't see where he gets the minutes at the moment with that front three, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that's totally understandable. Um, so what about goal of the season? This has got to be a really difficult one this year because there's just been so, so many. Uh, to pick from. I mean, uh, before we get yours, I mean, I put a poll out on Twitter, and, and thank you for everyone who who got involved and, and partook in this, uh, cast their votes. Uh, I I gave a few um, selections there, you know, a few to pick from, uh, which was Chan's second goal versus Hoffenheim, the team goal, which was my personal favourite. There's the Salah curler from the edge of the box against Everton. There's the Salah dribble against Spurs. Uh, asked for plenty of other. I mean, we we got nearly two thousand votes in this, so thank you again to everyone who uh, who who got involved. There's so many that came in. You know, Salah's goal against Watford, Oxley Chamberlain against City, um, Salah's other goal against Spurs, Salah against Roma. <laughs> um, you know that and that's it. There's there's so many like that Van Dyke's head of the Everton, uh, Coutinho's yeah. goal against uh, Spartak. Yeah, Clavan to Burnley, uh, Firmino against City with his chip, like you mentioned. You know, that, that, that's the thing. There's just, and Sadio Mane versus Porto, that one. You, there's just been so many goals this season that stand out. It's been tremendous. And like I said, for me, the Shan goal against Hoffenheim, that was my personal favourite just because that, that was like the ultimate team goal. It was, yeah. it was breathtaking football I mean the winner from all of these votes online 60% voted for the Salah dribble versus Spurs so I'm was, just was that incredible to, was that at Anfield to make it 2-1 wasn't it, yes it was that's the one yeah he, he looked like he was in a position where he was of no danger yeah. and Salah being Salah this season he turned nothing into something uh, well it, gold yeah yeah and that was that was fantastic just but not only did he just you know, not think about his finish then. He also lifted the finish over the body of Larice as well. Like it was a fantastic goal. Um, like 56 games in all competitions and Liverpool, I have down in my records for the season, they score, scored 135 goals. So that's why, that's why you have so many in your head. Um, <laughs> the, and then 55. That's, that's insane, isn't it? Um, yeah. the three I had noted down for my favorite three of the season. Um, whereas Oxley Chamberlain against City in the Champions League, just I, that was an arrow, a bullet of a shot into the side, and it is just a fantastic strike. Um, these 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 are not in any particular order. If I had to pick my favorite, it probably would be maybe Salas against Roma in the Champions League. The one, the, I think it was the opening goal at Anfield, where he's curled it in with his left foot from the edge of the box, in just in, absolutely perfect in off the angle. It was just stunning. And uh, there was a, a fantastic goal that I unfortunately will be forgotten in the annals of time because Liverpool lost to West Brom and went out of the FA Cup. But uh, I don't know if you remember Firmino's goal that game where um, 
I think Salah went through and is it Ben Foster was in goal for West Brom and he came out and blocked it and a ball rolled to Firmino outside the box and he just first time just chipped it in and it was just inch perfect went in off the post. It's worth tubing anyway if 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 you can't remember but yeah because yeah. because Liverpool lost and went out of the FA Cup that day it just kind of it's like the goal disappeared from people's memory but researching the book and going back over the season I had the pleasure of YouTube and most games going back over highlights things like that and it was just nice to get a reminder of that goal from Bobby it's a fantastic finish yeah so I think on on reflection what we can say is basically the the goal of the season was Mo Salah and which when if you say which goal just take your pick <laughs> it's like that it, it, it not only did he get lots of goals he got some spectacular ones as well so yeah well, we are just what a season, what a season. Um, so b- before we finish up, then, um, just your thoughts then on on transfer business that we did last year and the early business that we're already looking to do this season. How do you feel about that and and, and going ahead for next season? Um, well, so like the new signings that come in for 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 the season just gone. Yeah, I mean, well, obviously, first of all, yeah, obviously, there's Salah, then we've got Van Dijk yeah. and and Robertson and and Loxe Chamberlain. I mean, all in all, the, the signings that we've made, you, you've, you this, think, amongst the the possibly the best group of signings that we've ever made. Yeah, it's pretty much a hundred percent success rate there, isn't it? If it's just those four, like Robertson, Van Dijk, uh, Salah, well, Solanke as well, wasn't there? So Solanke, yeah, yeah. Um, Yes, it's it's pre- pretty impressive. Like, uh, and like like I say, I'd, I'd stay. I wouldn't write Solanke off yet either. I'd uh, I'd give him time. Um, and oh, I just see the news coming through there from Guy as well that Leon have released a statement that uh, Becker <coughs> is staying. Yeah, I mean, well, I'd say I mean we look at that last last summer. And, and into the winter, we've made some tremendous signings. They've all came out, you know, on the whole, they've come out very, very positive. We've already signed Fabinho. So we're, we're clearly, we're looking, I mean, that's Shan's replacement and, and arguably an upgrade. So we're already looking forward and, and whether or not the, the Nabil Fakir deal actually does take place, it, it does come off. On the whole, I think it's, it's the intent that Liverpool have got here, isn't it? Where, where the, you know, yeah. the key areas of pitch that we're looking for. We tied up the Naby Keita deal last summer as well. Let's not forget. He's coming yeah. in this summer, another fantastic midfielder. You know, and Fakir is, is that sort of, that continual replacement almost, that flexible, either attacking midfield or maybe even wide midfield. The creative player can play in behind, uh, score goals as well, can dribble, carry the ball thread the pass through it's for me whether or not that deal takes place or it becomes somebody else it's clear that the intent of the the profile of the type of player that we're looking at and and that Liverpool are shopping in the in in the right windows here we're not a pound land here you know we're we're looking in the right places exactly and even if this uh if this uh Nabil Fekir deal doesn't go through it's not uh, down to incompetence on Liverpool's part. That's that's the important thing to remember. It's it's not got to do with uh, it's either it's either Leon cha- Leon changing their mind or or medical issue. Um, it's it's not uh, it's not a uh, unwillingness to to spend the money. That's that's been made clear as well. You know, um, 
Yeah, Fabinho coming in on like that was announced the the Monday after the Champions League final. That was so impressive. Like I, I was just back from Liverpool. I was over at the Anfield for the the screening of the Champions League final, and I got back on the Sunday night. And then twenty four hours later, you you see news on Twitter that Fabinho has signed. And next thing, it's on the LFC site. There he is signing in the in the jersey. <laughs> it's like I didn't even know we were in for him. You know, that's that that's the way it should be. It was fantastic. It was it was so swiftly done and so impressively kept quiet, like it, such lessons learned from the from the original issues with Virgil van Dijk last summer, you know? Yeah, that it's it's it, it that's the thing. I, the big thing for me is that th- there's a clear intent here and, and a direction that we're looking to head. We're not standing still. You yeah. know, we're looking to move forward, and that's a big thing for me. So, I mean, I mean, based on that, the performance this season, the progression made, and the moves that we're already we've already made, and, and the, the type of moves that we're looking to make. What about your predictions for next season? Then, how what do you see from Liverpool? Do you do you see a title content, a, a title, a title challenge, uh, maybe even a title win or or a trophy? Um. Yeah. Well, that's. As I've probably said for every year, every year since 1991, yeah, I think I think we'll challenge for the title. Um, I, I think it's going to be between Liverpool and City, obviously, for the for next season's Premier League title. I just think Liverpool are, like you say, the intent. These signings, adding in Naby Keita and Fabinho, even if we don't get Fekir, adding in Keita and Fabinho to that um, to that midfield. Um, we, with the, we need to, I do think we need a flexible striker, someone that can play, you know, either wide, wide, one of the wide, one of the sides in the front three or else anywhere across the front three. Um, we do need someone like that because, like I was saying earlier, there is a huge, um, golfing class when you go outside of Mane, Firmino and Salah and then you're looking at Danny Ings or Solanke at the moment. We, we do need another, uh, I, I won't say top class striker because you're not going to get one of them to be a squad player, but we need a good, a good striker to, to add, uh, strength and depth up front. Um, I'm not, like, I'm not too worried about, alright, yeah, maybe, maybe in goals we, we could go for Allison or whatever, but I'm not too worried about defense. Like, it's just, the tabloids would still go ahead with it um, about Liverpool's leaky defence and all, but you know it's just lazy journalism. If they look at the facts, Liverpool, like we like we were talking about earlier, they've had the second best defence since October. I wouldn't worry too much. I, I, obviously, I don't mind if Lovren is replaced, but I think Van Dijk goes a hell of a long way towards improving whoever is beside him in that central defence. Like Lovren, and in fairness to Lovren, he, he was top class against Madrid as well in that Champions League final. We just need him to do that on a more consistent basis, you know? Yeah, like, it's, that, that's a tough, it is a tough one, unfortunately, as we've seen with history. It's, yeah. He's not, he's not the most consistent, but... Yeah. So do you see us possibly winning a trophy next season, even if I, it's maybe a League Cup or an FA Cup? Um, I, I don't know because I, I don't think Klopp... To be fair, they, like Liverpool went out early in the League Cup and the FA Cup this season, but he didn't field weakened teams. You know, he went out with pretty strong teams that day against West Brom when we lost, and away to Leicester, if I remember correctly, losing in the League Cup. I think it was a good start in eleven as well, you know. Uh, so I don't think he places them or disrespects those trophies in any way at all. I just uh, think maybe... 
the, the league is going to be where all the 100% focus has to be next season. Um, I think Liverpool could finish second. I, I, I still think we're, uh, maybe a little bit off being able to go toe to toe with City for 38 games. Just, just, uh, just to clash City show it over, over full nine one season last, last, last season, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's it. It's, it's a positive season and hopefully more to come next year then. So before we go, uh, just a quick reminder then, your, your book that's available. Yeah, the, the team that Klopp built, um, wrote in collaboration with Anfield Index. It's on Amazon. So just search the team that Klopp built on Amazon. Uh, uh, or else you can, it's, it's linked on various banners on the Anfield Index website that'll bring you to the Amazon page either. Yeah, that, that we'll be sure to, to, uh, give it an, another retweet on uh, social media as well. If you want to see that, I'll, I'll put it out and it's been there through the uh, Anfield Index account as well. Yeah, so, yeah. uh, before we go then, Shane, uh, I mean, thanks for coming on. We, like you said, you know, you, you've chronicled right. it in your book. You know, we've gone through it, a big season, but can you sum up Liverpool's season in five words? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I think, uh, improvements made, more depth needed. That was, that was what I'd noted. I, I do think we've, uh, come on leaps and bounds. Um, when you consider the, the, the run in Europe uh, combined with still managing a top four place, but we just, uh, towards the end of the season, uh, we, we were very, very tight and, uh, tight on squad and player availability. Yeah. It's, what was that? What was those five words again? Improvements made, more uh, more depth needed. I like it. Perfect five words to close the show. So there you go, folks. That was um, the 2017-18 season for Liverpool FC. And this has been the final Reds review of this season and the final one of this format, as, as I mentioned at the, the start of the show. Next season, the Reds review will be getting a huge revamp. It will be coming back. Very, very different, looking very different, sounding different, um, lots of different features on there, and there will be more information to come in the in the uh, in the coming weeks. But until then, from me, Andy Wales, it's thank you so much for listening. Thank you for downloading, and ale ale ale. Network.